All I think about is how I got to get this automobile across that line first and be the champion and to win. That's all I think about. I've won many races, many championships. I've won eight championships in my life. I've won a world championship, a European championship, a British championship, a Formula 3 championship, a Formula 4 rookie championship. I've raced the best drivers. I've raced five current F1 drivers on the grid now. When Hamilton won the world championship in 2008, that's what got me like inspired to at least try it. They've got the talent, but they're not putting the work in. Mm. And you know, talent is worth nothing if you don't put the work in. Pressured sport. I mean, you have to be right place, right time. It's a very uh, psychological sport. If you're not in a good psychological window, it's so easy to be not performing at your best and you don't know why. That's actually a good question. Welcome back to another episode from TikToks. Today I've got a special guest with me, my man Inam Ahmed, a star in the making. How are you doing today, brother? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, uh, before we get into it, tell me a little bit about your background, your upbringing. Uh, so uh, my name is Inam. Uh, I'm just turned 23 years old. I was born and raised in London. Uh, I'm of Pakistani descent. Um, so I... Uh, look at myself as like a British Pakistani person. Uh, I started racing when I was eight years old, uh, back in 2008. And uh, now uh, a few achievements in my career. I was world champion in go-karting, European champion, British champion. And also uh, I was British Formula 3 champion as well. How old were you when you first found motor racing? When Hamilton won the world championship in 2008, that's what got me like inspired to at least try it in go-karts. And then that's, then it kind of just started from there. I didn't really have ambition at the time to be a Formula One driver. I just wanted to um, drive and see how I did. And me and my father started with small races. And then as I won and progressed and did well, we went to the bigger races, then the national races, then European Championship, World Championship, and then it got bigger and bigger. And what was the first race track you visited ever? A track called Rye House, which was in uh, Hoddesdon, Hertfordshire, uh, just north of London. Is it still your favorite? Oh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's a good little track. And it's also the track actually where Lewis Hamilton started as well, wow. same place. So you'd say Lewis is uh, your idol? I'd say so, yeah. Not idol, but I look up to him, yes. Fair enough. And what do you think now, Max or Lewis? Uh, to be honest, I think, I think Max was probably looking like he's going to win the title again, purely because the Red Bull has been so strong the last two years. And I don't see why they're not going to be strong this year as well, to be honest. Right. And who would you say... Who's the person supported you early years of your driving career? Uh, my parents, you know, I mean, without them, I would never have been able to get started because racing costs money to start in go-karts. So I was lucky that I was uh, born into a family that was able to provide for me to start into racing. And then after that, they could only take me so far. Then that's where the results were very important and uh, getting the sponsors and everything to, to fund the racing career. And that's basically my full-time job is uh, racing. And when I'm not racing, I'm out either here or US uh, raising money, raising sponsors to fund the racing every year. You see, you need to fund yourself. So I'm not, to be honest, recently I've been getting into Formula One, start watching them recently. And I, and I actually I'm falling in love with them, right? But I don't get like how these guys get paid. How do you get paid? Do you fully rely on sponsorships deals? Uh, how is it? Uh, usually, uh, up when you're going through the ranks, so from go-karting, Formula 4, Formula 3, Formula 2, 
or IndyCar or whatever, you don't get paid uh, until you go to Formula One or IndyCar. And you only get paid really in Formula One or IndyCar if you're like the top 10. Well, most of the drivers get paid there, but like the top 15 drivers. But a lot of the drivers there, um, not like the guys like Max and Lewis and the, the top kind of eight, but a lot of the drivers in the lower half of the field, they bring money either through dad's company or uh, a sponsor that they have. And then their salary is basically taken out of that sponsorship. So let's say in... Let's say a driver brings 10 million into Formula One. Uh, they'll take a few million out of that as their salary. That's how the team will pay them, and then the team keeps the rest. Same in IndyCar. IndyCar is the same business model. So the driver brings, let's say, $6 million. Uh, the driver will take 2 or $3 million out of that, and then the team will take uh, the rest, and that's how it works. Um, if you're, like, the best, best driver, you don't need to worry about um bringing a sponsor because a team will want to pay you a salary anyway but any sponsor you bring on top um only adds because then you're earning more money right and the salaries generally unless you're hamilton or verstappen or like leclerc or these guys the salaries are not extortionately high those guys are like really high they're like 10 times more than probably any other driver on the grid um but a driver that's first coming into indycar or Formula One either won't get paid or uh, a very, very small salary in comparison. I see. And what made you want to be representing the Pakistani flag rather than the UK flag? Um, well, I grew up initially uh, in the UK and I see myself as a British Pakistani. But I always believe that, like we were talking about earlier, that uh, you should be proud of your heritage. And while I'm proud to be a British Pakistani, I'm also proud that uh, where my parents come from, and there's never been a driver at this high level ever from to represent Pakistan. And there's been a lot from India and many other countries, but not not from Pakistan. And I'm very proud to represent the country. And I want to prove to the world how, how much talent there is within the country. And that is why I, I like to do it. That's truly inspiring. Well done. And do you feel there is like a sense of responsibility, what, you know, being representative of Pakistan and the first to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, there is um, there's a responsibility, but there, there's some things that I do differently. For example, uh, being a Muslim driver as well, you know, you're representing a Muslim country. So, for example, in the US last year, for example, um, whenever I finished on the podium in the races, obviously it's tradition in racing to spray the champagne. Yeah. But I don't, I walk off. Really? Yeah. And like some people, some people, um, uh, don't like it if they don't understand why I'm doing it. So yeah. like, some, some people thought I was being rude, but it's not, it's not <laughs> that. It's just that I'll let them spray it and then I come back on. Um, but, you know, I, I'm setting an example to the youth. So I can't be seen spraying alcohol and doing things like that because, you know, I'm representing Muslim country. I'm Muslim myself and I'm on TV and it's not uh, something I want to endorse. I respect that because, you know, lots of the sports people, once they get into that stage... They don't really care. Mm. All what they think about is the money, the fame, and but well done. You know, obviously, like in the UK, you've got Amir Khan, right? He's from Pakistan. Yeah, yeah. But his his he presented the UK throughout. But he always carries you know the Pakistani flag. Yeah. Was that sort of like an inspirational thing for you? I want to do it. I want to be not like Amir Khan necessarily, but you know, like your own person, of course. You know, present carrying the flag and all of that stuff. For me, in life. Amir Khan is phenomenally successful at what he did. 
being a world champion and, and in boxing. Not to mention, like he's probably the first. Uh, oh, he's the first British Asian. Uh, exactly, the first yeah. British Asian to obviously also uh, pave the way. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. For Asian boxers, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he broke the mold from that. Exactly. Point. He 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 put them yeah. all on the map, right? So do you feel like there is that sense of responsibility, like, oh, I'm the first to do it. I've got to do it perfectly well. There's actually, um, there's been a few before me, but they never got to a high level. They were never, how can I say, they weren't successful. <laughs> no, no, I get that. You know no, I mean? let, let, me, let me tell you something, yeah. right? So <clears throat> I've got my own business. We run our yeah. own company. We've got a unique solution, a unique product. At the start, when we first launched the product, right? I, I don't like calling it a product. I like to call it a solution because we actually provide a solution to people. And... At the start, when we start expanding to the region, to the GCC countries, we start seeing competitors stealing that idea, right? Mm -hmm. At the start, I was getting pissed, annoyed. I was like, why are they doing that? But then I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? Let them do it. You know, if you're not the best, China wouldn't have copy, be copying, you know, all the greatest designers. But then I told my team, it's not about being the first. It's about being the best. Yes. Right? Is, yeah. So I'm not the first guy to do a podcast. No. You're, yeah. you're not the first racer out there, right? No. But it's all about being the best. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And, and maintaining that highest level throughout, the, you know, throughout your career. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with you. I mean, um, there's some things, for example, <laughs> that I was in Pakistan last year that I see is different because I grew up in a European racing environment my whole life since I was a kid, racing the best drivers in the world. Uh, my, I, my mind got conditioned. My emotions got conditioned in a certain way. I'm very blunt. I'm very, I'm a very straightforward person, and I'm very aggressive and self-critical, and if and I will say whatever I I believe it will need to succeed. So if I, if you're doing a bad you, job, you, I'll you tell you. You wear your heart in your sleeves. I wear my heart. Yeah, if I, if you're doing a bad job, I'll tell you straight you're doing a bad job. If I'm doing a bad job, I like to be told I'm doing a bad job, and I don't take it to heart. I, I change it straight away. <laughs> uh, in Pakistan, um, in these kind of countries, I feel like sometimes. People think when you're blunt with them, you're being like disrespectful, yeah. but it's not. I'm here to get a job done. Exactly. And okay, I understand like in everyday life, that's different. You can't be rude to someone. But when I'm on the track and when I'm here to be a champion, like I've been a winner my whole life and I've won many races, many championships. I've won eight championships in my life. Yeah. Mashallah. I've won a world championship, a European championship, a British championship, a Formula 3 championship, a Formula 4 rookie championship. I've raced the best drivers. I've raced five current F1 drivers on the grid now. Yeah. Um, I like to get things done well, efficiently, and first class. And people like to beat around the bush, especially um, in, from what I've seen in Pakistan. And they, there's too much of this, uh, oh, I can't talk to this person like that because of respect. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know, in a Muslim it's, it's, country. I know, it's, sometimes, you know, I, I get where you're coming from because I'm exactly the same, right? Yeah. So if you're doing a bad job, I'll tell you straight away, listen, I don't like what you're doing because I strive, I believe perfection, perfection. exists. Yeah. To a certain extent, right? So I like everything to be done in a perfect, detailed yep. manner, right? So, but sometimes people are sensitive. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're too sensitive. <laughs> exactly. Too, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. too sensitive. I'm not. Right? <laughs> no. They don't like to be told in a certain way. So as I'm growing older and I'm becoming more mature, I realize, all right, cool. Like if, for example, Fiki, my editor, is doing a bad job, the way I'm gonna have to tell him off has to be different than, for example, to my translator yeah. or my assistant, because everyone is different. And that's something is really hard to manage. But I get, I get where you're coming from. And yeah, people sometimes are sensitive. <clears throat> what would you say the scariest thing about driving or racing? And you're really fearless when in the car? No, I mean, we, 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 we all, whether we like it or not, we all get uh, scared. 
but uh, it's just you choose how to use it. You can either be scared and it stops you from doing something or you use that fear to fire you up and you do it like better than anything else. For example, like uh, you'll be in a forest or a jungle unless you get chased by a tiger. You can either be scared and not run as good as you could to run away and be eaten or you run the best you ever goddamn did and you're like adrenaline's pumping. That's how I use it. So if, if I wasn't scared, the adrenaline wouldn't pump as high. So then I wouldn't perform as high. So it, it works hand in hand. Anyone that tells you in racing that they're like, not have a little bit of nerves or fear, they're, they're bullshitting you, frankly. Yeah. Not, that's not true. Uh, I actually enjoy it. I love the nerves and I like the... Because then you have something to fight for. Because exactly. if, you, if you don't feel anything, what are you fighting for? Right. You know? It's like when people are going to go to war, you know, when they're about to climb over the trench and charge. It's the same thing. You're going to be scared. Right. You just, you've got a job to do and you've got to get it done. 100%. At the end of the day, no risk, no reward. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And life is all about risk, right? Yes. I might cross the road now and a car might hit me. I might... Everything we do in life has risk. I get that. But yeah, fair enough. So when you see accidents like the Roman accident, mm -hmm. do you get scared? Oh, no. At least, does your mom get scared? Mom does. Mom's never watched me race <laughs> really? in 15 years. Wow. Never seen me race. Not even on TV. Can't watch it. Can't watch it. Um, no, it never bothered me. I don't know. It's a weird switch. I'm sure if when I retire and I see this stuff, I'd be like, oh my God, what the hell am I doing? But... I think drivers, we have this thing where, um, sounds bad, but like, you see something bad happen to a fellow competitor, we feel bad for them, but we don't think about it. We don't like to think about the trauma, traumatic Yeah, experience. basically. Because it, then we'll start getting it, worse. That, that like, you just block it, like straight. Right. Like, it's like as if someone got shot in front of you and you just like, as if nothing happened. It's kind of like that. You have to. Otherwise, then, then you're not going to be a good driver anymore. That's true. If you think too much about, because when you actually think about what we're doing, it's so like, it's risky, you know. But, but we we don't, I don't choose at least to think in that way. I don't choose to think, oh my god, I'm going next to a concrete wall at 200 miles an hour. You know, if I think about logically what I'm doing, it's crazy. It is. But <laughs> I don't look at it like that. All I look, all I think about is how I got to get this automobile across that line first and be the champion and to win. That's all I think about. And whatever it takes to do that. And whatever I need to do to do that, I will do that. That's all my energy right. goes into. And, you know, like when I grew up, every time I put on the news channel or the sports news channel, I say Michael Schumacher won mm -hmm. this race, he smashed this race. And now just recently I found out that he's been sick for so many years mm. and he might just die sick. I raced his son Mick my, my whole career, basically. And his son now is, is trying to like, you know, raise the bar and... Yeah, his son was in Formula One, Mick. So I've known Mick since I was 13 years old. We were racing go-karts together. Um, we were fighting for World and European Championship. So I won, he came second. Really? In both. Do you yeah. think he has what it takes to be like at least close to his father? Yeah, yeah, he's good enough. Right? He's good enough. Yeah. But last, last year, I think he, he came last or something. Yeah. But I mean, he was uh, racing against... Formula One is a high-pressured sport. I mean, you have to be right place, right time. It's a very uh, psychological sport. If you're not in a good psychological window, it's so easy to be not performing at your best and you don't know why. Uh, I've had a time like that once where I was not performing at my best, to be honest. And um, this was a few years back. And then I figured out what it was. But unfortunately, I think that kind of happened to him when, from what I could see at least, I mean, I'm wrong, but he crashed a lot last year. And I think that 
you know, that challenge that came into his life probably came at the wrong point, which is when you're in Formula One. When you're in Formula One, you can't, you can't fail. Like, you, you can't make those kind of mistakes. You have to get rid of that in the junior categories. But from what I could see, his junior career, well, I raced him all the way to Formula Three, so everything was smooth. And when he got to Formula One, I think, you know, circumstances changed and for whatever reason didn't it didn't click for him but i'm sure he's going to come back at another stage but and maybe he'll be better because he'll learn from what he just did the last two years if you could drive for any team at any level which team would you choose uh whoever pays me the most <laughs> i mean like forget about the pay no, no forget about the money it's whoever's the best at the time okay mercedes to be honest like no, that, that money that money thing was a, was a joke but like well i i would if it meant i was going to win for even a fraction of free, I would if it meant I was in the best car, I would take it. Right. Because you know, I'm here to be a champion. Well, who do you think currently is the best? Red Bull's the best. So you would play... You would, you I would, mean, yeah, if they gave me a chance, of course <laughs> I would. Yeah. Inshallah, you'll get that yeah. chance. Um, who would be your perfect co-driver at that team? Okay, th this is the funny thing with racing. We have teammates. Mm. But the first person you have to beat is your teammate. Because uh, if you lose to your teammate or you start underperforming versus your teammate, uh, you get sacked. You have to, the first person you have to beat is your teammate. Really? They're the biggest. You're, yeah, because they're in the same car as you. So if, if, you, if, you, if you, for whatever reason, have a few bad seasons where you know, you're not beating them, then you'll be replaced. Because then they're always trying to find the driver that is There's better than not you. really that healthy competition. No. no, 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 no. He's the enemy. It's not like football or basketball. No, you don't want to help each other at all. No, really? no, no, no. You don't help each other at all. Not at all. Unless the team orders you to, to wow. help one another. But that never happens. And who would you say would be your perfect co-driver? Uh, well, you never choose. So, Do you have anyone in mind that you've worked with in the past? And I'd love to be teammates with Hamilton. Yeah, for sure. Because I want to learn from him. Right. You know? Like the, I'd actually want to be teammates with a very good driver, like a, a Hamilton or a Verstappen, because you know, then the, mass, the best man wins after that. You've got to do the best you can. You know? Right, right. But I would love to just see how they drive and what I can learn from them. That's very true. Do you watch football? No. So I, I'll give you an example about football, right? So let's say tomorrow you're going to play the World Cup final, right, against Brazil. Mm -hmm. It's all about who you've got in your team. It's all about who you've got in goal, who you've got as your number nine, as your striker who you've got in your defense. So if you've got a great team and a great coach, your chances of winning increase massively. Yeah, of course. Right, yeah. so it's really important that you've got to have the, the right environment, the right teammates mm -hmm. to always win. No, always. Like, it's a, motorsport is a team sport, but the difference with motorsport is it's not just you and it's not just the personnel, it's the machine as well. It's man and machine, so there's a lot more variables. The machine's got to be good because you can't, you can't be a champion on a crappy car. Right. It's, you can win races, but you can't be a champion. This is next to impossible, especially in Formula. In impossible in Formula, it's impossible. Like you can't would be a champion on on the worst car. If Hamilton or Verstappen was in uh, the worst team at the moment, which is probably Williams at the moment, uh, they, they'd be at the back too. They're not going to be winning races. It's, it's so car dependent. So, uh, but where you see the driver makes more differences is in the junior categories because the cars are much more equal. Uh, Formula Two, Formula Three. I watched that documentary for uh, Schumacher, right? Mm. Where uh, I think he was with Ferrari, right? Yeah. And Ferrari hadn't won any championship before 
Yeah, for like ten years. Or for something. ten years, yeah. and when he signed, when he signed with them, he was working closely with the engineers, yeah, making sure, point. right, that the engine is as strong, the car is as fast, everything is perfect, and to the point people were questioning him, right, and he was failing, failing, failing. I watched that documentary; it was actually inspiring a long time ago, and then he made sure that the car is as great, so he could win eventually the championship for them. Yeah. Yep. Like seeing things like that, does that inspire you? Oh, yeah. I mean, no, it's also something to learn from because uh, I say Michael Schumacher's strongest point was his ability to make a team work around him. That's true. And uh, he's very good at managing people and motivating people from what I could see. And with how hard he worked with them to make those that car good, because like make to make a racing car at that level good, it's like a million things. It's not just like engine or car. Like it's, like it's aerodynamic everything it's all like little things that come together and to know where to start is like unbelievably hard and the way he made that work was phenomenal like no one's been able to do it since before or after him and you can see like ferrari's up and down like everyone's tried but it's yeah. difficult That's he true. made them into a winning machine right bang consistently best. and has ferrari won it since he retired uh, no the last time they won a championship was 2007 with kimi raikkonen okay so yeah, a long time. Long like time ago. Fifteen years, right? Or well, sixteen years now. Yeah. And what do you think now? You see, obviously, uh, the Middle East. You've got Saudi Arabia. They've got the biggest uh, racing now in tracks in the region. The UAE as well is doing it. What do you think? Like, the vision for the region would be like in five, ten years. You know, I think racing is growing a lot here. Um, I think it's a very good place to be. Formula One's getting bigger here. Anyway, it's always, it was always big here. Uh, even me, for example, like I'm a part of a racing team. I have a go-karting team here. Uh, we're training kids from 8 to 13, 14 years old. Uh, nice. My team, we in Dubai, we won the championship actually uh, two weeks ago. We won the Open Championship in the Mini Max, Junior and uh, DD2, which is for the senior people, it's for older people. And uh, we're racing, my team is racing this weekend in Yas Marina in Abu Dhabi. And... Uh, and that's that's the next thing so now like people are starting to get into racing and other than my own personal racing i love to help the youth you know uh, especially from the arab world uh, because it's i'm sure there's so much talent here but they never even be right right and like back in the day if you go 10, 10 20 years ago even five years ago six years ago like they don't get as much help like the no. only sports people know here or even let's talk about asia in general yeah, yeah. or even africa is football yeah, yeah, only football. football. Yeah, yeah. That's no. it. Nothing else yeah. exists, right? No. So, for, for a kid to be able to break that and achieve that dream, it's really hard. It is. Yeah. It's really hard. So it's like, believe me, I know. <laughs> yeah, but but, yeah. but it's, it's it's like I've heard once a wise man says, your environment is divining, right? So if you're into football, you've got to be in the UK training there, showcasing your talent over there. If you're in the tech industry. You've got this dream mobile app or yeah. e-commerce. You've got to be in the U.S., San Francisco. They say if you aren't, you know what I mean. Like, and it's really hard for um, for kids out here to make it. But we see great changes over the last couple of years, five years. You know, Saudi Arabia building, the government investing big money, just to showcase the region and also yeah. the young talents there, and no, yeah. believing that everyone can achieve whatever they want to achieve, really. No, 100%. I mean, uh, the racing industry is growing here, like in Dubai Autodrome and things like that. Uh, but still, you know, this is a good place to start. 
But if you want to become the best, the, you do have to go race in Europe and the UK. The best drivers come from there because the competition is so high. Why I became a world champion is because I was raised in the UK, racing there against the best, and I raced in Europe against the best. The, the level is so high, and there's thousands of drivers that you race from all around the world, and it's so aggressive, and it's so hard. And they, you can never really replicate that here. No, it's, it's just not, not enough people. So this is a good place to start to get the foundation for the first few years. But when you get to world European championship level to train you up, you have to go over there. Everyone, even the American drivers, they go to Europe. Yeah, it's just the hardest place. It's been around the longest. Yeah, Europe is like the main hub. Europe, yeah, for racing, yeah, it's the best, yeah. For sure, for sure. So hard. So which driver do you love beating when racing? All of them, <laughs> to be honest. Depends. Every time I do a new series, uh, a new racing series, there's always different drivers that I race against. Uh, usually the guy that thinks he's the most ballsy, I enjoy beating them. Because then when I show I've got more balls than them, it throws them off guard. Right. I watched an interview for Lewis the other day, and he was saying there's so much unhealthy com competition. Mm. There, and uh, it's like the way these drivers compete against each other. It's crazy. Oh, it is. Like on and off the track, it's a psychological warfare. Yeah. Constantly. And to be honest with you, you can't be friends with the driver, really. Like, because there's so many situations where you're racing where you're side by side and there's a high chance of crashing with each other. And you have to, and you have to be willing to potentially run into the guy and take him out of the race. And that's, you're in many situations like that. So that's why you can't really be friends with drivers because there's, otherwise you might not be as aggressive as you should be. Right. That make you, might make you soft. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like boxers. They're not friends with each other. Right. Because they've got to knock the other guy out. Same That's with true. us. Like when we do a really aggressive overtake and pass, there's a high risk of the other guy crashing or me crashing into him. But when the race is all done and over, do you talk to them? Do you? Well, not really, because we know we're going to race each other a few weeks later. So yeah, not really. Unless it's like a guy that's like retired and we're not racing each other. Then like some of the drivers, yeah, we become friends. But um, while we're racing, no. Not at all. Fair enough. Not at all. And for the audience who are watching this right now, probably don't understand the difference between F3 and F1. Can you tell us a little bit more? So, uh, so I raced Formula 3. I was British Formula 3 champion. Formula 3 is like a, a smaller version of a Formula 1 car. Uh, they look very similar. They're just a little bit smaller, less power. And it's like a, uh, as you go Formula 4, Formula 3, Formula 2, Formula 1, the cars get bigger and faster. They, they look the same, but they just get more powerful. But now I, I race in the US. So the Formula One, you could say, of the US is called IndyCar. They're as fast as Formula One cars. They have high top speeds. Uh, but that racing is only in the US. So I'm racing, uh, what I want to be racing this year is uh, Indy Next, which is the feeder series to IndyCar. It's just one step below. Uh, they have a ladder system, uh, like, like kind of like an F4, F3, F2, F1. Imagine F1 in America is IndyCar. You have Indy Next, Indy Pro, and then uh, USF. So I came third in Indy Pro last year, which means I can go to Indy Next. If I do a good job this year, inshallah, win the championship, uh, then I can go to IndyCar. Having that sort of pressure to perform and potentially get to the F1, does that make it even harder? Oh, I mean, like, sometimes people enjoy the pressure, but others, they crack under the pressure. I always believe pressure is a privilege, honestly, because... Uh, uh, unless I'm highly stressed or under pressure, I don't enjoy life. I enjoy it actually because it means you have something to fight for. Diamonds shine under the pressure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, there's a reason why you're doing this. If you don't care, then you know, one, you won't win because like you have nothing to fight for. When you're under pressure and you know you have to succeed and you have to perform, 
it's like you you go to another level the mind goes to another level it's an intensity like like i can't imagine like i can't describe it's just i love it i mean i, I like it when i i never really go on holiday but if i do go on holiday for like a few days i get bored after a day or two because like there's nothing to do i, I want to be stressed i like having problems you know because then you have challenges to resolve and i believe in life it's always going to be like that the only time i'm going to rest when i'm dead right my granddad used always to say you rest in the grave there's no exactly. rest in life no exactly and that's yeah. always been stuck in my head grandfather's right yeah yeah and that's always been stuck in my head i don't take no days off bro like i'm always on it i'm always chasing it and i'm at the end of today for me it's not like where i'm gonna be but i'm just enjoying the process right and once i start thinking about the process and enjoying the journey it became more fun more enjoyable yeah rather than just waiting till i hit that masterpiece at the end of the tunnel and that makes it really draining and hard i agree when you enjoy the journey and you enjoy you learn to enjoy the hard times i've been through many challenges in my career there's many times where it looked like i was going to stop racing couldn't get the funding couldn't do this couldn't do that you know lost championships as well um over the years i learned to actually kind of enjoy those moments actually and when you enjoy the journey the results come anyway and they come easier uh if you're always looking to you know be like i'm never going to be happy until i get here or uh, i get this one result one you'll never get there and you'll have such a like crappy time going through the hard times to get there if you learn to enjoy those moments and you learn to enjoy step by step taking everything uh, day by day and performing at your best uh, it comes right and, and you know what lots of people delay their happiness they say i won't do i won't do this unless i to like until i get married i won't do it until i have kids i won't do it until i get that job i won't do it until i get that paycheck and what they're doing is they're not living the moment so have you ever thought about quitting honestly speaking i mean there it was not like i wanted to quit but there were times where it looked like i might have to because i didn't have the sponsorship or i didn't have a contract at the right time or it looked like i wasn't going to be able to drive uh but someone told me something uh you could say a kind of older man that i asked advice from uh that that's in racing too and uh he said you keep fighting till the last damn second and you don't in your head you never ever give up and you fight till the last second and until it's like game over and there's nothing left and you generally can't do it you don't f- stop fighting so for example there's many times where like it's been like you know you've been trying to get the sponsorship and like it's not coming through and it's like the team's waiting on the deal to come through and it's like getting closer and closer to the race season and you're like shit uh they said look if it doesn't come by this date you're not racing and you're like bloody hell so you have to fight so hard and you have to you just i find that if you give up in your head it doesn't come but i always believe somehow it's, i'm going to make it work i'm going to find a way to make it work and alhamdulillah my in my career I've always just made it work you know with that with that side of things but if i would have given up in my head and been defeated they would never have come i believe it's all about faith and belief it at is, the end yeah, of the day it is it right? is about belief belief it's is most important 100% you've got to keep believing and belief doesn't work if you don't put the work towards it right no yeah you've got to put the work and the graft yes and it's a lot of people say like you know you know everyone you know you fail and never give up and all that but like it's very it's like a lot of people don't realize even i didn't realize like i've had hard times in my life but it was 
the way they make it sound in um, motivational speeches, like you fail once or twice or three times, and then like you, no man, it's been like hundreds of times. Like, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's almost like, when is it gonna finish? Like, you know, but that's when you actually realize what real hardship is. Like when it's like consistently not going how you want it to go, consistently like the funding's not coming, the results for whatever reason not coming, you know, and it's but where I found character within myself. And it's not like something I learned when I was younger. It's actually something I learned probably in the last year. That's something I've learned in the last year because there's been situations over the last four to five years where I've had a lot of potential and things have happened. I've won races, uh, championships too, but things haven't come together like I wanted to and I wasn't able to progress into things that I wanted to at the time. But I kept failing, failing, failing over the last few years. Things weren't happening. And that hardship... Even now, I expect to fail at some point. Something's not going to go right this year. It's normal. Um, but it's that repeated uh, hardship that keeps coming that changed something in my head. And I just, I don't know what it is, but now like, I, don't get, I don't get phased. I don't get bothered anymore by like, things not going my way. I'm able to handle it. When I, when I compare that to other people my age, like even some drivers um, that have had things, you could say, E not easier, but like, you know, with like sponsorship and things like that, it's come easier for them. Uh, they don't quite understand what it's like. And especially when I compare it to kids my age who are not in sport and they go through their first little challenge and like they, they ask me for advice. And like in my head, I'm like, listen to what they're saying. And I'm like, like, do you think this is even like a challenge? Like, like seriously, like I remember like I was in America last year um, and there was a, there was a point, there was quite a few points last year where I was struggling to get a sponsorship to race the season and I was struggling. I couldn't pay the rent. I couldn't like, it was a point where I was going to be like homeless basically. And I was like part-time delivering pizzas in my friend's restaurant and, uh, doing things like that to make ends meet. And, uh, and then I met this guy who's sponsoring me now, uh, in a cafe, uh, Pakistani guy in the U S and he's like, look, you're really good. I love what you do. And uh, I just want the stress to be taken off you from the everyday living point of view. So he, like, he gave me a house to live in, a car, all expenses paid. And, and he gave me like, a sponsorship check to help fund the racing, you know. And I, like, things like that happen. Right. It just sometimes it takes one person to really see the good in you yeah. and believe in you that you actually can do it and you're capable of, if you, exactly, to achieve yeah. your potential. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But sometimes people... I was scared because like when it comes, for example, to the music industry, right? I was speaking the other day with a record label, big record label from the US. He told me, Ahmed, we invested so much money, resources, time and energy on artists, but they're lazy. Mm. They're not fulfilling the potential. They've got the talent, but they're not putting the work in. Mm. And you know, talent is worth nothing if you don't put the work in. Yeah, that's right? true. Anyways, off the air, you told me, you don't go watch races. No, I don't know. I don't because... Um, I don't like to go watch races because I was going to ask you let's go together possibly you can get me a ticket or something no yeah, <laughs> I, I don't like to go watch races like IndyCar races really or F1 because I, I want to be there when I'm driving myself I'm a bit funny like that so I don't like watching other people no drive, I like that that's, you know? that's, that's a winner mindset yeah right you want to be there in the car exactly you know and I don't there, there's a big difference between the players who in the field kicking the ball and the audience are watching. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So that's why the players will make the most. Yeah, they make exactly. It. No, I like that. And what car do you drive in real life? 
so right now my sponsor I had, he gave me one of his cars. It's a Lincoln Navigator. Nice. It's a huge American car. I drive that in the US and uh, that's it. I like comfortable cars because like these racing cars, they break your back. They're so damn aggressive. You pull so many Gs. You just want to drive something comfortable. Right. You know, and just relax. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you know. Not a Lambo or something. Like no, that. no, no, no. Not a Lambo. <laughs> You want something comfortable. Yeah, it, yeah, and a good sound system, music, full blast, and then I'm happy. Are you involved in any charity work, sustainability projects? Yes, so in Pakistan, especially last year, when the flooding was happening, we did a, a lot uh, to help the flood victims. I helped uh, also to go visit the victims myself when I was in Karachi. Uh, I had a charity also in the Philippines for orphanage, uh, for children, uh, orphanage. And um, there's more I want to do with Pakistan. Uh, and as my racing gets, and when I get to the top and I'm able to do it, I don't just want to do stuff for charity. Uh, you could say this is a kind of charity, but I don't see it as a charity. Rather than give charity, I would rather invest into the youth to give them a chance in sport. Because Pakistan, there's nothing. Like, there's so much talent, but they never even get the chance so my sport is motorsport and it doesn't have to be motorsport it could be like football or anything but i want to make like an academy in whatever it is uh, in many different sports and to fund those kids to give them a chance like that i never had for example like i, I never had anything like that uh so the, it takes the their mind off the stress of trying to be able to be able to do the sport in the first place so they can just focus on their job and like performing at their best that in my opinion would do not only better for the country for the youth and that's the best kind of charity you could if you could call it a charity uh, you could do in my opinion because no. then you're changing I love many that. people's lives so that i guess that's really close to your heart so when you're not driving what do you like to do to be honest man i'm like you i'm a hustler when i'm not driving i don't when I don't driving, I'm meeting sponsors. I'm con like I, I had a big meeting yesterday, two three meetings lined up, uh, earning money, doing coaching. Uh, got the team in Dubai here, and to be honest, I'm, I don't really have friends as per se. I don't have time for that. I don't. I really don't have time to go have like unless it's like like-minded individuals who I could learn from, and we're driving each other forward. I'm not interested. And you, can have you know what really annoys me as well? Like, for example, like when someone calls me, uh, like my, my, some of my friends know this, uh, my, my friends, people that I work with and like we're pushing each other. Uh, they know, don't bother asking how I am. It's just a waste of my time. Just, just get straight to the point. Like, what do you need? Why are you calling me? And what can we do? You know, don't ask me what the weather's like. Don't ask me how I'm doing because you don't really give a shit and I don't really give a shit how <laughs> you are either. Like, unless your parents are dying, like, I, I don't really care, frankly. You right. know, that's how I am. And, um, uh, when I go, when I get, by the time I get home at night, I'm so tired. Like, I just go straight to sleep. I don't even watch Netflix or YouTube or anything because you know what it's like. Yeah, you just pass out to sleep and then they start again the next day. No, I love that. Yeah. And generally speaking, no one really cares about how much pain you've got in your heart. And even when you, when you celebrate something, no one really feels that joy you've got in your heart. So it's really like a solo journey. Like we came into this earth alone. We're going to put It'll it down into the grave alone. Yeah, that's, that's exactly my philosophy. My philosophy is that, you know, people are... I, I really believe people get distracted. They look for excuses or silver bullets. Yeah, no. Like spirituality. And I'm not saying you can't be spiritual, but like, you know, or 
I'm not feeling good today or able to do this because of my Aquarius or this star sign. <laughs> you, know? Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, just get the job done. You know, they're always looking for excuses. Uh, when I've been with top high performing individuals in any walk of life, we, we don't, that stuff doesn't even come into conversation. Right. You know, we don't think like that. Though. To be honest, I, like the last three, four years, I had to cut off a lot of people of my life. And it's not like I don't like people, but I'm so, so picky. And it just has to be like that. Yeah. Like in order for me to get to that pinnacle, yeah. to get to the top, like I need just, all what I need is just my focus and the right team around me to achieve whatever I set my mindset to yeah. achieve. And I can't waste my time. Like, you know, when kids come up to me, or like, not kids, but like, you know, people my age, uh, girls or boys, and they're like, oh, you know, I just want to be happy and, and things like that. I said, man, like, like that's, uh, life's not really about being happy, in my opinion. No. It's about being, it's about succeeding. You, you are happy if you succeed. And also, like, for example, um, like we were talking about coming to this earth alone. I really, a philosophy I have is that no one cares about you. The sooner you realize no one cares, no, like if you're feeling down, no one can help no you except does. yourself. Like other than your parents, really, even they can't help you, to be honest. No one can help you. You're alone like in this world. You really are alone. The sooner you realize that harsh truth, the, the quicker you go forward and you realize you have to be self-sufficient. Your back's against the wall. I can only go forward. And that's, that's how it is. You know? That's absolutely right. No one can help you. And it's just, it's you versus you. So yeah. you've always got to be striving to be the better version of yourself right exactly, yeah. and i can't be with people that we don't have any intelligent conversations and to be honest even for like when it comes about dating until i believe i get to where i want to get to in my life i don't believe in having a serious relationship or getting married i haven't checked that no because no, no, i tell you why i tell you why i haven't checked that because you know in the past i've had a girlfriend before and the biggest thing i've learned is um you have to be uncomfortable you can't feel comfortable. And when you're with a woman and you're in a relationship and you love that woman, you get comfortable. And you don't, I've, I noticed I wasn't quite as hungry or as angry or as determined to get there. Because when you're alone and you don't have a woman uh, or a partner with you, whatever it is, you know, you don't have someone with you, um, you, you know, as a man, part of my motivation to succeed, to become a world champion is I want to have the wife of my dreams. I want to have, the, you know, the best kids, the biggest house, this, that, you know. You want to, so it's something to aim for. If you're already with someone, you don't quite, well, that's me. Maybe it's other people's different. You don't quite have that hunger, that edge. I keep myself alone. I keep myself uncomfortable because I'm forced to succeed. Like, you have to. You, you've got no option. Otherwise, you'll die alone. Hello, I just want to talk to you quickly about this beautiful massage gun from Game Hunter Store GHS. What I love about this absolute beautiful tool that is so light on the hand and I can take it with me wherever I go. I love the fact that it's got a touch screen and pay a different level of speeds and vibration so you can adjust that depending on how you view each day. I love taking it with me wherever I go and I love using it after a heavy session at the gym or even after a long day at the office. What I also love about it is the battery life. It lasts, it lasts about 8 to 10 hours of consistent use, not to mention, right, it comes with this beautiful case and it's got six different type of heads. You can each switch them up depending on how you really feel and which one is you feel better for you for that giving day. Wait, don't go. They've also got this mini massage gun, which is so insane, guys. Look at that. It's literally the size of an iPhone. How insane is that? It's so light. 
you don't feel like you're actually holding something in your hand. This is my favorite. I love taking it with me wherever I go. I can literally fit it with my pocket if I want to. Guys, if you like what you're seeing, you can get 10% off by watching this episode. The discount code is TIC10. Use that when you go on GameHunterStore.com. Let's talk a little bit more about the strength, the weight, keeping in shape. You told me you're six foot, right? Mm-hmm. But yes. you weigh about... 65 kilos. Wow. Yeah. And that's like, we can't weigh more really than 67, 68. Wow. Maximum. Uh, I'm probably going to put a bit more mass on. Uh but yeah, you have to stay light as possible. You have to be strong at all times. Uh, and you, you know, because in IndyCar and IndyNex and in America, especially the cars don't have power steering. So the steering is very heavy. So you have to be strong in the shoulders, very strong neck because of the G's you pull like 4G, 5G sometimes. And you have to be able to hold it. So yes. Wow, that's insane. And what do you think it's missing in this industry? That's actually a good question. Hmm, I think, IndyCar especially is miss, missing international races, missing uh, personalities within the sport more. Uh, I think Formula One's good where you have Max, Lewis, they're like their own kind of movie character. IndyCar needs to develop itself more to make the drivers more recognizable and individual characters. Uh, in the sport, there's not enough accessibility and there's not enough, uh, there's none, there's no real academies that help a driver you know, from the lower levels to be able to get sponsored and to fund the whole racing career. It, that's very hard. I, I know so many drivers that were easily good enough to go to Formula One, but they never even got past go-karting because they didn't have the funding to do it. The lack of sport, the lack yeah, of funding. Exactly. The yeah. lack of sport lights as well. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And when do you go home now? Do people recognize you? In Pakistan, yeah, I do. In Karachi, I get recognized. Is a lot, that good especially. or bad? Do you like it? No, it's good. I like it. I, mean, I like it. I like to be like recognized. It's not something I'm used to, especially in the last year. I get recognized a lot more. Any stories? Uh, I got recognized five times in one day in my hotel when I was staying in Karachi. Like every time I was going out of the lift, are you an Ahmed? I said, yes, yes. Oh, I'm really big fan of myself. Thank you very much. And, you know, one thing I learned um, is I always give people the time of day. I never think I'm better than them, if that makes sense. So uh, in, in, in Pakistan, like, there's a lot of cricketers and things like that, and I've come across a few of them. Uh, one thing I don't like, to be honest, is um, the... I don't know whether it's because they're not used to it and they're not, you know, the fame and all that, but uh, they don't give the fans a time yeah, of day. Yeah, they think they're they too think special. They think they're so big, but at the end of the day, like, when they leave Pakistan, they're nobodies. But in Pakistan, they're like... They're, but with racing is different. It's a global sport. It's not just for me in Pakistan. It's in the UK and the US been recognized and things like that. Um, for example, I was on a plane uh, going from Karachi to Lahore. I'm not going to mention who the guy's name is, but there was a very famous, very, very famous cricket player on the plane. And a, a lady who was heavily pregnant with her little baby wanted to get a picture with him. And rather than, obviously, as a pregnant lady, you stand up, like, you know, you don't, you know, rather than stand up to make it more comfortable, he, he stayed in the seat, and he made her, like, bend down, and she's, like, heavily pregnant. I said, what an idiot, you know? And I never, I, never, I, I don't see that as much in the West, but in Pakistan, I saw that. I didn't like that at all. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I also see that here in celebrities yeah. here or from Africa. Uh, the other day, I met this Afrobeat artist. I don't want to mention his name. He was so arrogant, so rude. Yeah. He nearly kicked me in my balls, bro, for no reason. 
Really? Yeah, I saw him at this beach club and I was like, oh, is that you? And I, and I always used to vibe with his music, mm. right? So I tried to spot him and I didn't even get close to him. He's just like kicked me like that. I'm like, bro. <laughs> and I'm yeah. just thinking like, if you don't humble yourself, life will eventually humble you. Like yeah. you're nobody without these fans, without these people you are nobody, who come yeah. up to you, ask you for a picture, just be happy, be thankful, show some gratitude. Yeah, for me, like I don't even see them as like, as fans. People who support me, I feel like they're part of my family. Right. You know, it's like they're, they're friends of mine because, you know, I'm in a sport that, especially in the lower end, there's not that many supporters. But as you get bigger and you go to IndyCar Formula 1, the fan base is huge. So, but I'm very appreciative of people that support me and uh, take the time to go out of their way to watch my races right. and, and, support me, and support me. So that's always the way I've been raised yeah. by my parents. And at the end of the well. day, these, one thing these guys don't understand is when they retire, they're nobody. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like, people will forget about you. Yeah. But like legends like this guy. Oh, yeah. The, one the of greatest the greatest of all time. Yeah, right? So, like, he died years ago. Yeah. He stopped boxing, like, over two decades. Yeah. And people who were born in 2000, people who were born in 2005, they know who's this guy. Yeah. Because of the legacy he left behind. Yeah. Because of how he was treating people. Yeah. And that's, that's something people don't understand or don't, don't get. So, my next question is, when, these, when you stop racing, eventually... What will you do next? I haven't thought about it. Um, whatever I do, I want to be the best at it. I have to be the best at whatever I do in business or anything. And I like to have the goal of living the best life possible. I want to have the best house. I want to have the best wife. I want to have the best possible life for my family and for my children, inshallah, when I eventually have children. Um, and I want to be able to do whatever I want, uh, have financial freedom to do whatever I want. And... Um, and just be the best. I'm not into happy. I, I get happiness from seeing the people I love have a good life. I don't care about it for myself. If that makes sense. Mm. I just want to be ultra successful. Living an impact. And a high performer. Yes, 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 yes. So I'm the kind of guy, uh, if I was going on holiday with my family or whatever, you know, I'd be working. But as long as they're having a good time, I'm happy. You know what I mean? I, I don't really want no, to. No, I respect hard. that. And I, trust me. I think you're going to go really far. Oh, thank you. If you maintain this mindset and this way of thinking. Thank I can you. see the potential in your eyes, brother. I promise you. And I'm not just sweet talking to you here. I'm just being real with you. Just stay focused, stay disciplined, and inshallah you'll go far. Thank you. Anyways, thank you, Ahmed, for having me. Habibi, I enjoyed this conversation with you a lot. We've got tradition in this podcast. The last guest writes a question for the next guest. Okay. So I'm going to uh, read out to you the question that the last guest wrote for you. If you were to start a new project in your life, what would it be? To be honest, uh, I think I'd go in the military. Really? Yeah, I'd want to be like a high-ranking military general or something in the Air Force or Army. I'll, uh, I'm that kind of guy. I'm quite a hard-headed guy. So if I'm not in sport, I'd want to, to be, have control and be Dominant in the military. Yeah, yeah I, like, I respect uh, Army and things like that. I like that a lot. For sure. I, I, like, I, I like how it... Uh, molds the youth you know what I mean I'm a very big fan of military and discipline so I'd go a completely different field 